o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 The Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars Steve Sippel. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Friday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break. Interesting show so far. You got the podcast at theticketfm.com. Thanks to Derek Bombeck, as always. Trying to track down Jay Moore, former Husker NFL defensive end. Having some issues with the phones over there. Um, okay, Jake. Track him down, though. Um, any, update, any update over there? <laughs> nope. No? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, he just said uh, he's ready to roll. Okay, try him again, Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, give, he give, said it didn't ring. Might might be phone problems on his end because this happened before. Maybe yeah. he's not able to take phone calls right now. It could be on Do Not we Disturb. We are texting. Yeah, it, me could be, it could be on Do Not Disturb for the phone. So people understand what's going on here. We're trying to call Jay Moore, the former Nebraska defensive end. That's right. To talk about Nebraska and Ohio State. Um, it went Harrison to voicemail. Harrison Oh. He erased it. Just show up to it. Yeah, we'll figure this out. Again, uh, 464-5685-CALL or text as always. Um, and you can always stream us on the Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube, the Sauter Heyman Jewelers video stream, and the show is sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Check out, check out their current job openings at gainatrucking.com. We'll get to Jay here in a second. We're usually a well-oiled machine, and we're not right now, but we're trying. Yeah. And we're being very... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for, Jake? Um, transparent. Yeah, well, transparency has a place in this world. <laughs> Thank you. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Oh, we have him. All right. We are joined now on the phone by former Husker and NFL defensive end, Jay Moore. Jay, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I want to ask you off the bat. Nebraska is three and six right now, Jay. And I, you know, this, you obviously didn't, you weren't used to losing when you were playing. Uh, but I'm curious for a team that's three and six with a month to go, what is in their heads as they try to fight for the end of the year and, and try to get to a bowl game, which would be, be a, you know, a very, very hard task to achieve in these three final games? Yeah, I, I imagine they got a lot going through their heads. I mean, Scott kind of, hit it, the nail on the head there on Monday in his press tree. You know, winning's a habit and losing's a habit. And when you've lost as many games as they had, the staff has in the last four years, you just get in certain situations and you kind of have that, oh, crap, we're in this moment again. And you almost just fall victim to it. Cause you just, you don't, you, it's hard to have them get out of that because they never have, right? I mean, how many, how many close wins have they really have had? I mean, there's been... Gosh, the one that really comes to my mind off the top of my head is, you know, they beat Northwestern a couple of years ago where we had like our seven-string kicker make a field goal. So, you know, I, I there's probably a, a, a bunch, you know. Some of these guys are probably like, well, man, I'm not, I don't want to be the guy that makes mistakes and, you know, has us lose another one-score game. But uh, it's, it's got to be a little – it's got to be tough. It's, it's hard, you know. I just look back to um, – you know, my first year mm-hmm. with Bill Cal- Bill Callahan, we went what five and six or five and seven that year, and right. you know, and it, it's tough because you get into the year, it's a grind. November's a grind, and uh, school's wrapping up, and you know, you've been through a lot. You've been going hard since August, and 
that's kind of all the summer workouts before and all of a sudden you're like man you know you, you can you can kind of see the end of the tunnel you know you can't almost get like senioritis a little bit if there's, if there's not a lot to fight for and i hope that's not the case i, I really do i hope these guys are are battling i know i will i, I believe they're going to see these guys will play tough all year that's one thing i can't i can't question their effort i can question their execution i can't question their efforts i've seen the effort there um majority of this of uh, this year and in years pre- uh, previous so i think they're gonna battle through it but i tell you what Losing is a habit, and they got a habit of doing that right now. Okay, we're joined by Jay Moore, and we're thrilled to be joined by Jay Moore. For for people that have forgotten, Jay Moore was an excellent, excellent. I know you were defensive end. He was 6'5", 280. Um, in 2006, Jake, Jay, Jay had 17 tackles for loss, okay, mm-hmm. and six sacks. I mean, that's what – and that brings me to the question, Jay, is against Ohio State, if Stroud's just sitting back there and he's got all the time in the world to throw to the best receivers in the country, it's trouble. How do you generate a pass rush if you don't have a Jay Moore and an Adam character? If you don't have a big-time pass rusher, how do, you, how do you go about generating enough pressure to keep this manageable? Yeah, you're going to have to get pretty creative. You know, you're not going to be able to line up there and, and probably ring four. You know, that's not going to do it. Ohio State's got a really good, pretty big, a uh, really good offensive line. So, you know, you're going to have to get creative. They've been pretty creative this year running games, you know, ET stunts where the end goes first, tackle wraps around, or, or TE stunts where the, you know, the, the tackle comes and the, the end, you know, they switch, you know, the twist stunts. They'll be right. pretty creative that. But I, I think you're going to probably see some blitz, you know, you're going to bring some pressure. You're probably have to bring, you know, probably six guys to, to have a, a man come free. But then it's, then it's, that's just the battle you're going to have to choose with, with Ohio State. It's like, man, do we want to, Bring a Reimer or a Henrich or or maybe a safety in on blitzes, or do we want to keep those guys back there to maybe help against Alave and Wilson and those guys? So that's that's a tough one, and that's just the battle they're going to have to figure out. You know that the chess match because you know Ohio State's the best offense they're going to face uh, this year, and you know Chenanders has a choice to make. You know you're gonna do you want to get the pressure? He will. You just got to time it right, right? So you just got to be able to know when to pick and choose your battles, and and hopefully you hit, and hopefully you can disguise them well enough and get creative in your looks, and maybe show some new stuff that they haven't seen all year. So, you know, you're able to bring a JoJo Doman off the slot when he's covering maybe Alave or Wilson, and and uh, hopefully you time it up right or do something different. Hiding maybe you're bringing Caleb Tanner and kind of run, you know, walking him around line of scrimmage and. These guys aren't getting comfortable where he's coming from. So stuff you might not have seen before. You have to get creative, but I'll tell you what, you better you better hit hard, you better hit home because otherwise, you know Wilson, Alave, and and the rest of those guys they'll, they'll score you. They'll beat you in a heartbeat. Nebraska's three and six, Jay. But I mean, defensively, like you said, we have they've not had a consistent pass rusher. But I guess how impressive is that that they've played so well defensively this year without having that guy the whole season that they they have not given up that big point total or the, those big breaks that often. Without having a guy to wreak, to wreak havoc in the uh, the backfield, yeah, it, it's very impressive. I, you know, so that means your secondary is playing well, your linebackers are communicating. This is what they do. You know, no, I can't really. You know, JoJo's been the guy that's probably, you know, has been the the one star. I mean, everyone's played well. If you want to pick a guy, you know, maybe lean to JoJo. But I think everyone has played so well within this defense, and that's just they communicate well. They've They've tackled fairly well. It's been a little leaky here the last couple of weeks, but I tell you what, they've tackled really well. And they get the biggest thing is, you know, Nebraska's offense has not helped them out at all. You know, and I look back to the Michigan game and even this last week against Purdue, you know, after those turnovers, they're holding teams 
field goals in those situations. That's a win for the defense. So after a quick change, you hold your team to three on a huge momentum swing, and that's big. That's big time there. So they've done that more than plenty this year. You know, you look at the second half of Minnesota. You get you get the you get you know back in that ball game. You get two four. You get two turnovers and a, what three or four three and outs in the second half. You know, unfortunately, the offense isn't able to to uh, get their act together. But uh, yeah, they just they've played well. And you know, I mean, Caleb Tanner's done some good things, and Garrett Nelson's rushed well, and mm-hmm. you know, Stilly and. Uh, Robinson, and you know it's it's not about you know sacks. I think as a, as a defensive lineman, you love sacks. That's kind of what you immediately look to. But sacks can be a little overrated stat. You know, it's more about just getting to the quarterback, and sometimes you know affecting him and his throw and his timing is just as just as effective as, as getting there and hitting him for for a five or six yard loss. Jay Moore joins us. Jay Moore, by the way, Jake was a fourth round draft pick in two thousand seven. Uh, played in the NFL. Now you understand high level play. Now you're looking at a quarterback who's played at a high level in Adrian Martinez. Not in the last two weeks, though. What have you seen from Adrian in the last two weeks that concerned you? Yeah, you know, last two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't seem to have the same pop, that same energy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you know, no one. I mean, everyone's beat up this time of year, and I don't know exactly what he's he's dealing with, and. But, uh, you know, he doesn't seem to have that, you know, in his, on his ball. You know, when he's passing, you know, doesn't seem to have that same zip. You know, that's when guys get tired and they have some, you know, have some uh, some injury issues, the ball starts to sail and gets high. And that's what we saw against Purdue. And yeah. that's been kind of his M.O. here for, the, you know, these four years is when he misses, he misses high. So tells me he's getting a, he's a little banged up, probably getting a little tired. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, this, this offense revolves around him. and He's asked to do a lot and, and carry the load. You know, it'd be nice to get the run game going a little more consistent, and that would definitely take a little more off its plate. But that's you know that's not the case so far this year. So yeah, you, he's he just doesn't seem to have that same you know the the pop and the the speed and and the the, the ability just to tuck it and go. You know, we we've seen that a couple times. Obviously, uh, you know the Illinois game stands out where he has about a seventy yard touchdown run, and and some you know he gets he gets Michigan and Michigan State where he just able to get out of some pressures. And uh, now, now he doesn't seem to have that. He could be the, the ankle or whatever it is, but uh, yeah, he doesn't have that that pop and that energy. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, he, he can find something in the tank these last three games because they're going to need him to uh, somehow, somehow, you know, get a couple wins and, and maybe save their boss's job. Former Nebraska standout Jay Moore joins us. Do, does Nebraska Jay lean too hard on number two? Well, you know, all good football teams, you know, maybe other than the Alabamas of, of the past decade have had, you know, first-round talent at quarterback. You know, Alabama has first-round talent at running back and wide receiver and offensive line, and they can have a below average, average at best type of QB, you know, and, and make a winner in a, you know, a top-tier defense. We look at even NFL or, or in really good college teams, I mean, you've got to lean heavy on your quarterback. I mean, that's the guy that touches the ball every every play right right so, you know and, and it's nice to have a, a great run game you know nebraska's of the past you know when it was whether it was you know frazier or you know crouch you know you had you could you could give your 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 running back was going to get 25 30 carries you know potentially in a game and, and could get 200 yards you know we haven't even sniffed that you know probably since uh amir was here so and i don't think you ever got that that many carries but um yeah, it, it's tough, but uh, he hasn't had a ton of help, to be, to be honest, either. You know, 
O line's been been leaky and, and not great. Yeah, uh, really. You know, the wide receiver crew has has obviously been uh, uh, way better this year than it has in the past. So you, you do. I mean, he's he's probably the best. He's the most talented guy on the field. You know, and when you touch the ball, you got to lean heavy on him to try to get the job done. But he gets banged up, and then and then unfortunately makes some bad decisions at the inopportune times. So. Uh, you know, you, and where they're at right now offensively, you you know he's he's probably their best weapon. And when you you try to uh, get your you know try to revolve your offense around the best player on the side of the ball, and that's probably Adrian. Jay, for for Nebraska, they they've been respectable on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, the majority of the season. Their numbers are pretty good on both sides, but until recently, science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Special teams was a problem for this team. You had, you know, kickoff, kickoff return was, was has been poor. Kicking has been poor. Punting has been poor at times. Of course, Michigan State, that's the reason they lost the game. When you're in your fourth season as a head coach, how, how do you explain those kind of issues cropping up still for, for so much of the season and costing you some games? Yeah, it's it, tough. I don't think you can explain it, to be honest. I, I know they put a lot of emphasis on it in the offseason and in spring ball. And, you know, it's crazy that you have kicking issues and return the Big Ten kicker of the year. So I don't know how much you can put that on right. on Frost. You know, that's that's definitely a mental issue on Culp's part. You know, the punting thing, you know, against Michigan State, you know, the, the, the kids, you know, you're doing the rugby style and, mm-hmm. and uh, you're rolling out to the right. And you absolutely just pull hooks it to the left and, you know, and hits it over to a guy who's <laughs> just lucky to be there, I, yeah. I guess. And it does it in his walks right in the end zone. So, that is, you know, and it's not like he was being taught that. But I tell you what, it just this kind of shows you. Hey, I think there's when you're when your special your special teams are are noticed more. That just you're probably in a lot more close games, and you know, I that's that's what you get when against Big Ten teams and and, and good football teams. You know, you know, you Connor Colt missed what three field goals against Buffalo. You know, it doesn't probably get us mm-hmm. talked about as much because you're you know you handle that game. Yeah, easily. So when you're in close games like this, the special teams and just in any tough battle, you know, it's it's all about, you know, the situational football. Nebraska has been really poor in situational football in four years, whether that's red zone, whether that's end of quarter, end of the half, start of second quarter. That's that's a big situational uh, part of the game that people don't talk about as much. And then end of game situations, you know, and, and the special teams. So that's uh, no, it's it's inexcusable in your four. You have you kind of have the same issues bite you, bite you in your butt uh, game after game. But uh, it is what it is, and, and hopefully they can you know hopefully, hopefully you know they're going to be. I mean, special teams have to be leaned on these last three weeks. They're going to be noticeable because you know hopefully Ohio State's close, and I I, I expect Wisconsin and. and and Iowa will be a fairly close game, so those special teams better be uh, be queued up. The natural question um, after that discourse, Jay Moore, is how patient are you right now with this staff? And the second part of that question is how – I mean, what do you sense around you? What do you hear from fans? You, you talk to a lot of fans. You, you talk to your friends. What's your level of patience, and what's the patience like around you with this staff? 
Yeah. <clears throat> the majority of people are are fairly patient. I think they understand the situation. I think they understand the scenario. I mean, it's, it's a hard. They're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. You know, I'm talking about Trev and, and the administration because let's say, hey, Scott, we're going to bring you back for another year, but you got to get rid of your, you know, half of your assistant staff and, and, and go get some new guys. Well, how, who's going to come here with really only a one-year guarantee? Mm-hmm. So that's, 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 a, that's a tough one as well, mm-hmm. you know, so it's hard to go make that change. And I, and I don't know the whole buyout situation and, and other co- coaches who are available. Obviously, you know, there's, there's a really good one at Cincinnati and, and Iowa State and one guy who's, a, you know, an OC at uh, Alabama and, you know, and, and so on. But it's, it's all about the you know, timing. And I think, I think Trev's going to be really, really patient. I think there are, if, if you know, I think it's truly deep down in my gut, I think Scott will be back. Uh, next year, even if this thing does go go three and nine, I just think um, whether he has, to, I don't think there'll be a ton of wholesale changes on in, in his staff. I think you might see some other uh, changes within the, the football offices. You know that they'll mm-hmm. clear things up for Scott and, and make his vision a little easier to uh, to obtain um, and not have too many uh, distractions, so to say. So uh, I think. You know, I think people are patient. I think there's obviously. I mean, I'm not. I'm a very impatient person, and my, I go back and forth on this all the time, right? Because after four years, if he does go three and nine, with arguably well, what is his worst, worst record here with the most the best talent he's had, you know, what tells you that next year is going to be any different? You know, that's that's the hard thing to, to digest as well. But I do think he's. Uh, I, 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 you know, the fact that he played here, I think that 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 gives him a, a little extra time to be honest, and he knows this place and has a relationship with, with Trev, but uh, it, it's he, he's going to have a short leash, I tell you what, because he get, if he's going to get another year, he, it's got to see some clear-cut improvements. There has been improvements this year, but you know the biggest improvement is is wins and losses, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, you know, his 17, it's not like we're asking him to go 10-2 and two every year. You know, hell, 6-6 six and six this year would be would have been uh, easily obtainable, and, and people have been more than happy with that, but you know, now you need a, a miracle, a Hail Mary here to, to yeah. finish out that year to go 6-6. Six and six. We're joined by Jay Moore. Jay, I'm curious, you know, the supporters of Scott Frost would say that he's lost six games this year, but they've all been close games. But that, that's been a, a common narrative of the whole Frost tenures, losing close games. This has now been four years of this. You're a former player. You played, again, in college, NFL, and you've seen coaches go through this as well, I'm sure. But, but how does a team just get over the hump and become a team that closes out games when they have not done so in four years of a head coach, like, can you just reverse yeah. it like that? Well, it's hard. I mean, you got to hey, you just got to do it. I don't know if it's easy as you know, just doing it once. I just, I just think you got to have, you know, a mentality. And I think, <laughs> I think the defense has that mentality. I really do. Where they come out and play, and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, in the first half, in the second half, if it's third down, if it's first down. I think they just come out and play and do what they're told and ask. To, you know, and they and I think they stick with the game plan. I think the offense, and this is where Frost. I think you can potentially, you know, press a little bit, try too hard. You kind of get away from what you want to do. You know, I don't know why they got away from running the ball in the second half against Purdue when he ran it pretty successfully. You know, it's you, you just it's just I think that he presses, and I just think sometimes when you're you're trying so hard to get over that hump, you know, 
kind of like golf, you know. Sometimes when you sometimes you, you play your best in golf when you just let it come to you and you stick to your game plan, right? You know, you can't really focus on your score. You're like, oh man, I'm 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 playing my best round ever, or I'm I'm a couple under. I've never shot under par before, and all of a sudden you think about that, and it's like, boom, you just double bogey your last couple holes and you shoot over par. So you know, I think sometimes you can get there, like, oh, we're so close, we're so close. Now if I just try to do this a little extra more, or really do this, or I'm gonna change this up a little bit, change my game plan up so we can help us do this, or I'm gonna call this play to get us an extra touchdown here. Well, sometimes you can that that deters you from what you did you've done so well you know you've got to that situation by by one scenario right by sticking to your game plan doing what you want to do but then all of a sudden you think you maybe have to change it to try to get over this hump well maybe you should just stick with what you've done to get you this in this to this point in the first place and i think he just has deterred just trying too hard and pressing and i think it'd just be nice to see them stick to a game plan and do what they kind of want to do and, you know, I look at the Oklahoma one as, you know, mm-hmm. I think they probably stuck to their game plan pretty well on both sides of the ball to stay in that ball game. Now, again, it's the special teams that have the issue there. But uh, I think just, there's just been too much pressing going on. And, and I, I get it. You want people to try hard, but sometimes that can be almost too much. You kind of just got to, you know, let it happen and, and stick with what you know and stick to the game plan and, and, and see how the, you know, the chips fall. Pleased to be joined by former Husker defensive end Jay Moore. Okay, Jay, we all have visions in our head of what, how we think games will go down, how they will unfold. What's your vision for Saturday's game against Ohio State, 11 a.m.? What do you got? Yeah, you tell you what, it's going to be tough. You know, you know, Ohio State's gotten kind of incrementally better every week, and you know, Nebraska you thought was kind of going down that path, and they, you know, stubbed their toe against Minnesota and, and Purdue the last few weeks. So, you know, this is by far the best offense this defense is going to face uh, Nebraska's defense. And I think Nebraska, the tricky thing is Nebraska's defense is getting tired. You know, I, they've played a lot of snaps, and uh, and the offense has not helped them out uh, very much. So I, I hope they have enough gas in the tank for this one because obviously – they, they're going to have their hands full. Now, on the other side, you know, I think Ohio State's defense is, is a little leaky. They're not great in, in the past defense. You know, Penn State was able to run the football successfully against them last Saturday after they couldn't even crack 100 yards against Illinois the week previous. Interesting, so I, yeah. I, I think I think their their offense can, if they can take care of the football, I think they can get some points. So if Nebraska's going to have a, a decent chance, I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring football game. And, and Nebraska's going to have to probably be plus in the turn. Uh, obviously, not even – possibly they ha- they will need to be you know plus in the turnover category steal something maybe maybe you, you steal a, a a possession um or or a touchdown by with a block field goal or a block punt or something crazy but uh it's you're, a lot of things are going to go nebraska's way but i think you know the, the defenses don't have has have trouble stopping stopping their offense and i think the, you know if like i said they take care of the football i think nebraska can get some points some yards against this Ohio State defense. So if Nebraska's going to have a, have a chance, I think it's going to be a fairly high-scoring game. Jay, we appreciate it. Yeah, Jay, great great yeah. stuff. Thanks for the time. We will chat with you again down the road. Yep, you got it. Thanks, fellas. All right. Awesome. Okay, Former now. Husker and NFL defensive end, Jay Moore. Yes, thanks, Jay. Man, that was, that was beautiful. Now that he mentioned something important that we haven't talked about, Jake. Good coaching jobs generally mean your team's playing its best at the end of a season. Now, we haven't seen that from Nebraska. But the, the end of the season's here. So now it's really here. But the last two games, I mean, Nebraska's not trending in the right direction right now. Right. No. And as and you said, when, the defense is getting tired. When I think of good coaching jobs, that's what I think incremental progress, heading, and you play your best 
football at the end of the schedule. How about how about we see that from Nebraska? Oh yeah, you don't want to end your season losing six straight games. Yeah, is Nebraska out of gas? I mean, good teams aren't out of gas nope. this time of year. Nope. 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 I mean, you want to see Nebraska kind of reverse its current trend, right? right? Play good. I mean, every team gets tired right now, but the great ones overcome it. They're all tired. Don't be the one that just gives in to your tiredness. A good coaching job generally means playing your best football at the end of the season, right? That's what you want to see. You got three games ahead. Yeah, yeah. Big three games ahead. Before we get to break... you know, we got to talk about something, something important here, Sip, and that is we need we all need wins in this life. We need wins badly. Right. Football team needs wins. You need a win. I need a win. You can get a win pretty easily by going to the magical lights of Seward. This oh, yes. starts Black Friday, goes through December 20th. It is a great light show, 20 minutes long. It's a half-mile loop. It is awesome. They have traditional music, Christmas music. They've got some old music as well from Christmas. It's an awesome show out in Seward. If you want a chance to win Get a win for your family. Get a win for yourself. By yourself, you know, get get out of the doghouse if you're in the doghouse. Take your family to Seward. It's it's twenty bucks uh, per car to go out there for twenty minutes. And by the way, we're giving away one pass right now. Caller five right now at four zero two four six four five six eight five will win one pass to the magical lights of Seward for free. Give it to you for free. That sounds fun. Caller five right now. But if you want to, if you don't win, it's just twenty dollars. You can buy your tickets at MagicalLightsOfSeward.com slash ticket. It's worth your time. Again, Black Friday through December 20th. Don't miss out on the Magical Lights of Seward. Get your win this holiday season. Magical Lights of Seward. That's right. Dot com slash ticket. Sounds fun. It is fun. Get out there. All right, when we come back, let's talk to our friend Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports about this weekend's college and NFL football games next on Early Break on the Ticket. 